Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. So at the center of it all, at the very core of all of it, at the heart of the Christmas story, at the center of a relationship with God, at a center of a relationship with the church, with each other, in fact, at the very foundation of pure love, it's trust. It's trust. To love without bounds is to trust. Trust is both submission and freedom. Trust is an act of vulnerable submission to the power of that in which we trust. It is also the ultimate act of freedom. For no one can ultimately decide for you who or what you will trust. Try as they might. Even God, who gives us the gift of faith, asks us to trust. We are both free to trust and to submit, which means that trust takes courage. As we center in on the final member of the Christmas cast this Advent, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she shines with all of the power and the freedom, the submission, and the courage of trust. You know the story of how she was visited by the angel Gabriel, told uh, by Luke, how when she was a young girl, not, not yet married, Gabriel told her that she was the favored one. Gabriel told her that, that the Lord was with her. Gabriel told her not to be afraid. He told her she was going to become pregnant, not by her future husband, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. He told her the child within her will be called the Son of the Most High, and that of his kingdom there will be no end. And young Mary, vulnerable Mary, courageous Mary, trusted. Here I am, she said, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. So here is the gospel according to Luke in the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So in those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah. Do you remember Zechariah from the first week of our Advent series? Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife. Now when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, 
And why has this happened to me? That the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. And surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He's come to the aid of his child, Israel, in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And then Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and returned to her home. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now there's far more that we do not know about Mary than we do know about Mary. What we do know is that in a position where she had very little power over what was happening to her and what could happen to her and what would happen to her child, Mary seized what power she did have. And that power was great. It was the power to trust. She chose to trust. And her cousin Elizabeth, I think, said it best. Elizabeth said, and so blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord, from an angel, by the way. Blessed is Mary who believed, who trusted. Elizabeth, much older than Mary, was wise to see, and she was very good to point out that Mary's trust of God's message for her is a blessing. So we all need elders in our lives who can help us see the gifts inside of us and to to point them out from time to time. So Elizabeth tells Mary, I see you, Mary. I see your power. I see you choosing to trust. Elizabeth knows better than we do all of these centuries later. All these centuries later, we've heard the story so many times. It it kind of becomes a little just glossy and gazy and and glowy and, and comforting. But Elizabeth would have known that day better than all of us that Mary could very well have chosen not to entrust, to trust the impossible which was that a virgin child could become pregnant without sex and that a future husband would support her 
even if he did or maybe did not yet trust himself. That a society would embrace her. That the child within her would become the savior of creation. Elizabeth would have known how very special it would be for Mary to trust what seems to be the impossible. Who could believe such a thing? So blessed is Mary who trusted without reservation, but with hope and joy and determination enough to sing a prophecy of what the child growing within her would become. And and what is a prophecy but trust in God's activity in the world? Within our Protestant tradition, Lutheran, uh, Presbyterian, Mary is, is valued, but she is not venerated the way that she is in, say, the Catholic or, or Eastern churches. From the story that we just heard comes one of the most important prayers in the Catholic church. It's called the Hail Mary, right? The Hail Mary. We, we have some folks who, who grew up uh, or have time in Catholic churches. Who can recall, you don't have to say it, but who, who can call to mind the Hail Mary right now? Yeah, I see a few ants. It's an important prayer. Calling on Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the time of our death. Amen. Many Catholic Christians recite this prayer three times a day, calling on Mary, who they believe is in heaven, serving Christ as an advocate for all humanity. Now, Martin Luther, who who gives us our name as a Lutheran church, Martin Luther believed that Mary should be held in the highest of reverence, and he advocated for Christians to pray that first part of the Hail Mary, because, in fact, it's taken straight from Elizabeth's response to Mary. It's Elizabeth who prayed the first, hearing the greeting of Mary, and who said, Hail Mary, blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. We get that prayer from Elizabeth. But you know, over the years, Mary's status in the Catholic Church has grown dramatically. And it continued, in fact, to involve well into the 19th and 20th centuries. It was not until 1950 that the Catholic Church made official by papal decree the teaching that when Mary died, her body was taken by angels into heaven fully, a teaching which is called the Assumption Mary. There are a lot of Christians around the world who celebrate about Mary, something that many of us Protestants don't even know about. And so as I was thinking about this last Sunday of Advent, this this Sunday we were going to be thinking about Mary, I, I reached out to a friend of mine, David, to help me understand about Mary. Because David and his family are very devout Catholics. His brother is a priest His father is a deacon. So I had David come over to the house and I grilled him about Mary, the role of Mary in his tradition. You see, the Bible that we have before us, the Bible that's that's there in your pews, likely the Bible that's on your shelf at home, it doesn't tell us very much about Mary. 
And Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, doesn't say anything about Mary, never mentions her name. The Bible says nothing about her assumption. It says nothing about where she came from, who her parents were, how she became engaged, betrothed to Joseph, or why God chose her, or what their marriage was like after Jesus was born. But my friend David has answers to all of these questions. This fascinates me. Because how does he know so much about Mary, all that has led to the Catholic Church to, to elevate her in their tradition, when so many of us know so little? And when, in fact, the Bible says so little? So a big part of the difference is rooted in the Reformation. Martin Luther, John Calvin, the other reformers believed that only that which is in the Bible, as we have it today, is the word of God. And that alone should inform our faith. But there are very many writings from early Christians that were just a little bit later, just a little bit later than the books that we have in the Bible. And one of them is called the Gospel of James. It's from about 100 years after Jesus' death. And it's uh, written by uh, one who is said to have been uh, the half-brother of Jesus. James, the half-brother of Jesus. And it was decided by the early church that, that it was written just a little too late to be included in the canon, in the Bible that we have. Nonetheless... What is there in the book of James is the source of what most Catholics believe today about Mary, which is not part of our tradition. Again, because it's not in the Bible. So David told me about the gospel of James, what he learned growing up. And that was that Mary was herself the product of a miraculous pregnancy. According to James, who would be her stepson, her father was Joachim and his wife was Anna. And they were unable to have children before an angel appeared to tell them to expect a child who would be Mary. This is a kind of a familiar story. If you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, if you know the story of of the birth of Samuel to, to Hannah. Uh, Mary had a similar origin. The thing is that Anna and Joachim were to give over Mary to the temple to be cared for, which is what they did when she reached a certain age. She grew up in the temple. She lived there until she was about 12 years old. And at that point, just as she was on the cusp of puberty, it was determined that she should be betrothed, that, that, that there should be a person uh, to, to marry her to, to commit her to in marriage. And that was the custom of the day. So God chose an elderly man by the name of Joseph. Joseph was older. His first wife had died and God chose him to be the guardian of Mary. Now, Joseph already had two full-grown sons from his first marriage. 
he did not necessarily want to have a young girl as his wife. He asked, actually, that, that God take one of his sons, but God chose Joseph. Now, before they were married, Joseph was called away on some business, and that is when Mary is visited by the angel. When Joseph returns, he finds Mary six months pregnant. And we know what happens next. Eventually, they, they're called to Bethlehem, and Mary goes into labor before they get there. So Joseph, he, he finds a, a safe place for her. He settles her in a cave, and he sets his sons to, to guard the cave while he goes out to find some help. He's looking for a midwife. When he comes with the midwife, they're standing at the gate, at the, at the mouth of this cave, and this cloud overshadows it, and an intense light fills it, and suddenly they see in, and Mary has a baby, Jesus, at her breast. According to the belief of most Catholics today, Joseph and Mary never slept together. She remains a virgin for the rest of her life. And from this, from this gospel of James comes the Catholic tradition of Mary's immaculate conception, that specialness of her, of her birth, and her perpetual virginity, it is called. The fact that, that she never uh, did uh, have relations with Joseph and she had no other children other than Jesus. Now, Protestants don't hold these teachings, again, because they're not in the Bible, but they are very significant to our Catholic brothers and sisters. Ultimately, while I think it's very interesting to hear the backstory of Mary and Joseph, it is not critical to what our Bible does reveal about Mary. And that is that God chose Mary to bear God into the world, and she trusted God without knowing all that was to come. Through this young woman, God included humanity in God's work of salvation. God could have come to earth however God chose, but God chose, God wanted to be born of Mary. While Mary is truly unique and blessed not only among women, but all humankind, she also teaches each of us to trust that God is, in a very real sense, also alive in all of us. And that God has called each of us to trust that God is at work in and through us. And that God's call to us through Jesus is to join in God's work of healing creation. While only Mary carried the flesh and blood of Jesus within her, Jesus taught us all that, that when he ascended into heaven, that he would send his spirit to be with us. And so in a real sense, we have Jesus by his spirit within us all. Calls us to follow him, to join him, to be part of what he does for the world. And so we can look to Mary for inspiration for, for what to do with this incredible gift. Her brave announcement to us is to trust. Trust. Trust God.
If this 13-year-old girl could be so courageous as to trust God despite all of the risks, all of the uncertainty, all that she could not know, then we should all be so brave as to trust the love of God and the promises of God to forgive us, to heal us, to use us, to save us from sin, from death even. Blessed are you when you trust God. And blessed is the world when we trust Mary, who holding her pregnant belly does what so many parents do. She dreams about who this child is, who they will become, not knowing what they may have to endure, all that she will be unable to control, all that she will have to let go of and even lose in order for her child to fulfill God's purpose for him. And that takes so much trust. Blessed is all the world, for indeed he does and he will, because she trusted. Lift up the lowly, fill the hungry with good things. Come to the aid of his children. Remember his mercy and keep his promises. Thanks be to Mary. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.